You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, this is Chesney Hawks here. You are watching My Hammers 11 with the one and only Russ. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers 11. Hope you are all safe and well. If you channel, please and subscribe and hit the bell icon so you may have any time you put new content on. As always, like to think I love your channel sponsors on Tuck It. Check them out in the description below. Another X Hammer fan today. Uh, Miami is 11, uh, supporting since the early 60s. So I'm looking forward to these. It's Tony, Tony Hoskins. Hi, Tony. How are you, man? I'm really well, Russ. And this, uh, so I'm, I'm just glad you, you took up my, um, uh, well, just wanted to be a part of it if, if possible. Um, of course. After all, these, after all these years. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. After all, and, and, and actually, that's a lot of, to be honest, when we interview lots of people, no disrespect yourself, Tony, but people really enjoy the more experienced fans because you know it's for the the most part a lot of your time supporting the club i wasn't supporting the club <laughs> you know i wasn't born so <laughs> it's nice to sort of not make you feel old or anything tony but but you know that, so that's why i love i love listening to it and a lot of people do as well because it's it's you know we we know about certain players and we hear about certain players you know from from stories and stuff like that but you've got sort of first-hand experience and stuff like that so that's why I love it. Anytime uh, any fans come over and they want to talk, I'm more than happy to. But uh, how's your bank holiday been? Do you have a lovely bank holiday? Yeah, um, absolutely brilliant. Um, so we've been doing, uh, well, you know when you're getting old because you, you do the garden, didn't you? But uh, no, it's, it's been good. Um, so uh, my wife, Deborah, we've been out there and um, we've been revamping our garden, if you like. So it's been really, it's just been nice, nice and relaxing. Um, yeah. And today was good because we had a FaceTime with our our little granddaughter up in Shrewsbury, little Florence. Mm. So um, nice to see her. With the pandemic, of course, we haven't been able to course, to yeah. see her. So uh, hopefully soon um, we, we get some spend some quality time with her as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's been good. It's, just, it's been nice, yeah. It's been nice, isn't it? It's been nice because the weather's been good. Always bank holidays, the weather's always shit. But the the, the, the mate, the, the, the second bank holiday mate's always good because my daughter's called Florence and it's her birthday. It was her birthday over the weekend. So oh. it's always good weather. Always good weather. <laughs> 
I, I think it's just nice to hear people out in their gardens, actually hearing yeah, people. Yeah, that's what my next door neighbour <laughs> said. Yeah, she was like, it's, I'm really, it's really nice to hear people just like doing normal stuff now. Yeah. Um, the burnt barbecues and the smoke everywhere, and yeah. My, my, tell you, my barbecues never burn. They're, they're cooked to perfection. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much the barbecue king um, uh, of all the church, so. You don't use all the tools and all the different. I just, you know, I've got all the got all the gear. No idea. Uh, so. Yeah. Yes. I used to do that, <laughs> but I don't do the garden. So we have, you know, we've got astroturf. Oh. So there we go. So <laughs> one hand giveth, the other taketh away. So yeah. So when it comes to a barbecue, <laughs> that's that's my that's my forte. But yeah, it's uh, and it's just nice. This is uh, same as you. I just literally had a relaxing bank holiday. I can't remember having yeah. a relaxing bank holiday for a long time. No. Particularly no. as you said when you we said before we started, when we look at the the table, the league table. Obviously, the end of the season now. It, they can't yeah. change it now. No. Can't and there's, a, there's only one or two, but one main one that I, like, I do enjoy looking down. And I'm sure all West Ham fans will know who I'm referring to. You know, you just yeah. to finish above them is, um, yeah, it could be there near their year next year, but there's no it one in be. it. Well, maybe. Who, am I, if, talk, if, who if, am I talking about? <laughs> exactly. But if, 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 if a certain Mr. Kane buggers off, um, you know, that's that's a real shame. I, I was gutted. I was I was gutted from absolutely gutted from. <laughs> You could tell yeah. when my voice. I yeah, was, I can I was, see that. See you mopping the tears. Yeah, I was mopping this. Yeah, it's, it's not because it's it's a it's it's a bit hot today, isn't it? So, um, it's just sweat. But yeah, it was nice, and it was nice because obviously with the fans in the stadium for those that last game, the ten thousand, they were yeah. there. We finished sixth. We finished above Spurs. That's a bit, end of a great season. It's been a great season. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It was. It wasn't. I mean, to be honest, after the first game. Um, yeah. Myself included, you're thinking, oh, God, this is going to be a you know, mm. potential to be a long, hard season. Um, but to be fair, the boys, I mean, after the Arsenal game and that, I think the boys done really well. Um, someone said to me the other day, did, you know, asked me, did I, did I think, I mean, what well, doesn't matter what I think, but it's a fact of, did we benefit from no crowds? And I said, well, probably in some respects, yes. Yeah. Because I think the players, without the crowd, they're the players play with no fear. Because if you make a mistake, no one's going to moan at you, mm. you know. Um, so I think there's part of that to it. But I also think it was just the enthusiasm that Noisy's put into him. I mean, to see the, the momentum we had. And then obviously when um, uh, Lingard turned up, it was just uh, just a different level for us. It was uh, it was a, a real joy to watch. I know people talk about the West Ham way, but um, <clears throat> all right, perhaps it's a, it's a different way now isn't it it's not like my day when we when i started to watch and football totally transformed in formations etc etc but i think that's the new west ham way that we saw there and it was yeah. it's exciting to watch it's exciting lots of pace and movement it was and i think i think the west ham way is it's quite a simple thing i think you know regardless of the it's it's about having 11 players on the pitch who all play for each other and have a go and that, and, and too often than not, we haven't had that. We haven't had eleven players who have had a go and 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 have grown. And I I, I, I agree with you definitely. Obviously, I've been at the, I've been at the, the ground all season, and obviously since lockdown, obviously the half of last season as well. So, you know that having no fans there, I think when times are down, you're 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 totally right. Has benefited us. We haven't got in our shell. That Newcastle game would have been awful um, with sixty thousand fans there. It would have been an awful game. Um, and, the, and the Arsenal game. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. The Arsenal <laughs> game. And, but the, but the, the, the adverse is, if we had like if we had fans in for that, the Arsenal game at home, 
Um, we would have never drawn, never like, drawn that game. It feels like a defeat, but we didn't. It, we'd have gone on to win four one five on. Yeah, and I think the flip side of the coin is the away games are probably yeah. referring to more where we've benefited because yeah. would, would we have gone to a Pat Dellum Road? Would we have gone to a no. Pat Goodson Park? Great we show. might have. I don't know, but the, I think it's helped us. I think mm. it's helped us in in those oh, type, those type of games. And who cares? We we finished six. I don't care how we got there. We have exactly. done it. You know, we took, we, you know, where others didn't, we took advantage of that situation mm. and. Um, but I think it's, it's benefited us having that because it, it allowed the team to gel. It's allowed the team to become a team. And it shows, regardless of whether there's fans or not fans in the stadium, you need that team spirit. Because if there's no fans, how are you going to jig yourself up? You need the rest of your team around you, kicking yeah. up the arse if you're not doing anything. Yeah. And, and, and want to, you know, whereas some people could have, you know, certain teams put their foot off the off the pedal. You see, I mean, you look at the difference when West West Brom played us with some fans in the stadium at their gaff. They were a totally different team to the team that had all season. Yeah. Regardless, they've been going down or down already. But still, and you think, you know, particularly in the tighter grounds, so Hawthorns, mm. Craven Cottage. It's mm. no surprising that all the teams down there, Sheffield United, all those teams had small, tight grounds. Mm. Where they were used to having that intimidating factor at their home, but that mm. it's done, it's done. We're sick, you know. We, yeah. The boys have got a European tour. Some of the fans will be able to go and see them, hopefully, and um, see them away in Europe. And yeah, it's it's a great it's a great result, particularly when the whole world's been collapsing. The one Absolutely. thing that hasn't collapsed <laughs> is West Ham, which is so yeah. bizarre. If you, you yeah. could bet your house, it would have been West Ham on top of it, just to <laughs> compel our our gloom. But it didn't. So fair play, you know. There's just so much optimism about the place at the moment. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and like you say, I think the word, the word that you used there was bond because there is. A, I've not seen a bond like this in yeah. our in our teams for a long time, and it's good to see. Yeah. You know, it's, I know you, there's always a, a bond between teammates, but this just you can actually see it the way you know the especially mm. with like you know Sushek who found those type of players. They're, they're infectious, and I yeah. think that's it's a good infection. You know, um, and Declan's just been out of his skin, isn't he? And um, certain players, um, for me, uh, one of the unsung heroes, and I, I know he does get mentioned, was Dawson. I just yeah. think the guy's been an absolute revelation um, coming in there. And he's no nonsense, and he does what it says on the tin sort of thing. He's a, he's a good old-fashioned centre-half, but he's got something about him as well. I mean, he certainly scores the goals, which is good. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll talk about centre-halves, no doubt, later. <laughs> yeah, we will do. I'm sure we will do. But, um, but also, I mean, you know, I think also, you know, I know, I know they're sort of, you know, they talk they should be doing stuff about the ham of the year stuff soon. But I mean, this is the first time in a in a long time where it hasn't been sort of a foregone conclusion who's going to win it. Um, you know, as I said, there's, there's, there could be three or four people who could easily win it. And where in previous seasons it's been one one standout performer, and it shows how well the team have performed across the board. In that, that you know, it could be Sue Fowl, it could be Sue Jack, it could be. And so it could be Declan Rice. It could be, yeah. you know, is and and that's great. And that's great. I mean, shows it's a team game, and it, we've played as a team this season. So, you know, I think one or two transfers in, one or two big players in. I think you know, here and there, a bit of cover in certain positions, and yeah. you know, we, we'll, we'll do well. Over the year thing is, I've always said it's it's slightly an age thing as well, isn't it? Because mm. the young kids, the young fans over there, will always go for the guy that scores the goal. You know, Antonio. Yeah. Antonio's going to be the hero, Lingard, and all that. As you get older, you sort of appreciate what certain players do, but they might not be the standout yeah. player. I mean, look at Nobes. Nobes is yeah. whenever Nobes has come in, and he's done what Nobes does. He just he just makes it tick. Uh, Declan's always going to be the standout player. And like I said with Dawson, you know, 
yeah. um, Bono when he's played. You know, my own one of one of the most pleasing performances for me this season has been Cresswell. I think he's had a yeah. brilliant season. You know, and I see the England squad and the certain players that you think, well, how have they got into it? You know, friends back. All right, they're not probably not going to make the squad. I know he's going to cut that down by seven, but sometimes you think you, if someone's had an outstanding season, make them a part of it. Just to, yeah. not not to use it as a reward because that would be that would be wholly wrong. But if you're there, you're there on merit, and I think he's as good as anyone. Totally. Yeah, I mean he has his top of the assist charts yeah. and. Um, and he's had this renaissance under under Moyes, really. Oh, uh, same absolutely. as a number of players have. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, now, um, yeah, it's a hard hard hammer of the year this year. But uh, like no, say, it's nice yeah. to have a choice for a change. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's <laughs> nice. It's rather than just it's a, a standout performer, it, yeah. it could be one of three or four, and and that's yeah. great. And and hopefully that that continues because it just shows that it's a a team performing rather than necessarily yeah. individuals. So um, it is what it is. Um, so we said at the beginning you've been a bit of fan since since the early 60s why the hell tony why the hell have you been a fan since the early early 60s well i suppose, I suppose now the, the social care would be around with no sort of screw, screaming <laughs> and shouting at wicked grandparents but the truth of the story is and I, I think i might have mentioned to you i used to do bits and pieces with gary in the overland and sea yeah um and he did a thing oh God, my dad was still alive then, so that was 96, so it was before 1996, how I became a hammer. So I thought, oh, well, I'll send it off to him. Uh, I just started writing it down, and so it got to page six, and I thought, oh, bloody hell, better, better stop. <laughs> so I phoned him, I said, I'm going to send it over. So, and he phoned me, and he said, is it finished now? Is that the last one? I said, yeah, it's the last page. To be fair to him, he printed every word for Bateman. Um, it, it was... It became it began for me as a five year old. I didn't actually go till um, start going till I was eight. It started to me as a five year old, and my nan, God bless her, uh, used to live in Redcliffe Road, just around by the Queen's Market. Mm. And uh, she used to tell me that um, her mum, great grandma, uh, used to have players lodge at the house in Redcliffe Road. Oh. One of them was a certain gentleman by the name of James Ruffle. So my dad used to tell me about Jimmy Ruffle. Oh, Jim used to do this, and Jim, and at five years old, you haven't got a Scooby, if you know. Yeah. Bloody old Jimmy Ruffle when he's home. Years later, I'm thinking, God, man, if only I'd done it. I knew, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and it was about, it was all West End, Claret and Blue, and walking up and down Green Street and all that, and Jimmy Ruffle, and uh, I, I, it just captured my imagination, I suppose, and... Um, so by the time uh, I was nine, um, oh no, what was I? Yeah, I was nine, was I then? Yeah, didn't go a couple of weeks. Suddenly, um, we just did that purple patch of the 64, yeah. 65, and obviously 66. But, um, so my granddad took me uh, to my first game. <clears throat> I've got it down here in front of me. 2nd of April, 1963, on a Tuesday night. And we had Sheffield Wednesday at home. And we won 2-0. Now everyone nice. says, your hero must have been... Bob, obviously, Bob. I said, no, yeah. I said, my first hero was Budgie Byrne. And why? Like I said, because he scored a goal. And Tony Scott got a penalty, but Budgie scored a goal. And I come away from there thinking, wow, this, the light, everything was just so huge. The noise was incredible. You know? And I'm thinking, God, blimey, you know, it's fantastic. Um, and that was it. 
that that yeah. basically in a nutshell i was hooked my granddad used to play for east ham and uh, they're all out of east ham uh, or my nan's family sorry all out of east ham and uh, plaster around there my, my granddad was out of manapal but so <clears throat> i was sort of that that was it it was west ham i mean i lived in south end uh, was only a stone's throw away from from roots hall <laughs> yeah at the time um a neighbor of ours used to tell me because there was three guys there i mean ted fenton had left west ham went to manage south end for a mm. while but he took Derek woodley with him he took mickey beasley with him uh andy smiley now i'm, I'm i know andy really well because i go down to the calf i don't know if you've been ever been down west cliff to his the famous arches but andy no i smiley, haven't no i haven't no i haven't been but I, I, who told me about it who told brian, me about it it's gotta be brian. Yeah, it would have been brian brian and <laughs> Uh, Brian tells me, but it was Brian and oh, I think he went with another. Ah, it's going to really annoy me now. It may have been Brian. Eddie Brian, Buff. it was that. Yeah, it was Eddie Brian, Buff. Eddie Bov, and there was one more. I don't think Jackie it was a player. No, oh. it might have been Jack. I mean, I spoke to Jack the other day, but uh, but yeah, they were talking about going there. They're going there to to have something to have something to that's eat. It, and, yeah, that's that's just it's just like a it's just a hub where you go sometimes and it's just yes. nice to reminisce you know and uh, he's a lovely man but but so they was on my doorstep i'd no no interest at all i was but like upton park that's that's the only place i want to go and watch me football and uh, yeah. that's exactly what we did um yeah i was there i was there well ever since i mean obviously 64 and 65 was fantastic uh for me 66 when i went to senior school going in there because the first day at senior school like you stay with your mates that you went to primary school with course, and all, yeah. all groups and who do you support each other i mean it was like being a man united kid back in the 90s you know i don't I support west ham don't i you know we just won the cup with us cup and the fa cup and the world cup you know and, and at that time you thought oh, that's only one way it can go now and christ didn't it you know um <laughs> at the way to 75 but, but um no it was, it was and as it turned out, most of the school was, was West Ham. We had a yeah. few goofers and a couple of Chelsea boys. I can't remember any Spurs fans. Well, I'm not saying that for any reason, but I don't think there was. <laughs> I honestly, I don't think there were. Well, if they was, they weren't going to admit it. But... I'm going to admit it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, that, yeah, that was it. I was really hooked. Um, yeah, I remember uh, my granddad come home. Well, I was only... So I must have only been eight, and he bought me a shirt because you obviously in those days you didn't get the replica shirts. No. But he, he got one from somewhere um, with the big big badge on the side, and I put it on. I was like bloody wee Willy Winky. I mean, the arms were sort of hanging down here, sort of thing. But I didn't care, and you know, sort of got me West Ham shirt on, and um, yeah, that was it. I was, I was proud as part. I think I might even still have it somewhere. I don't know. I'm, I'm one of these holders with photos. And, programs yeah. and god knows what else so um yeah that's how it all started and then um like i said uh, but it was always round around birthdays and that i, I didn't care if it, if, if it was a birthday clash with west ham and uh mum i'm not going to be ex and going to west ham you know um <laughs> yeah that was it really and then, and then you blink and it's almost been 60 years yeah i mean it's, uh, just like saying about um budgie being the hero but after about the fourth game, um, something just stuck with me. I mean, I've got a dear friend called Glenn Rotham. He's the same age as me. And we've both got the one thing that we will never, ever forget. And it's only a simple thing. And all it was is when they come out of the tunnel, Bob used to just punch that ball out onto the yeah. pitch. And if you watch that, and there was just something about that. that it was just more, he looked immaculate. He was immaculate. And 
he was just I don't know, he's just elevated into like the stratosphere for me. He was just God from there on out there and I still call him God, you know, and um obviously a lot long after that, obviously when he'd gone, um Bill Bill took over then and I never met Bobby. I was in his company once, um again down at South End and I didn't have the I just didn't have the bit about me to go and say hello to him. I'd have done that, but luckily for me, uh, years later um, or about 95, I think it was. I'd have to check that out. But it's around about 95. Uh, it was when Bill was manager of Millwall. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was doing a book about London football in the 60s. And uh, what I decided to do was to write about the 10 London clubs, interview two players from the time and a celebrity fan. Cool. And um, for West Ham, obviously, it was going to be Bill and Jeff Hurst. So I was lucky enough to have a contact with Jeff. Um, I found up Millwall Football Club. And to my absolute amazement, they put me through the bill, and I, I was <laughs> like, I couldn't get my words out. And he said, "Oh, come down to training ground," you know. So I did. I went down with my sister, and he was take, take, taking a training session. Uh, again, I was just in awe of watching him because he was doing it twice, and then trying to get his message across to the yeah. youngsters. And then we've come in and gone upstairs to his room. And I've walked in the room and it was like Mick Flanagan, Ronnie Boyce, Kenny Brown. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what's, oh God, what's yeah. going on here? And so I had, a, I had a really lovely interview with him. Something clicked because from that day on, um, I, I, I couldn't, I'm not saying this for any reason. People that know me would tell you, I've lost count how many times I've had meetings with Bill and just, just for a cup of tea, yeah. cup of coffee, and have a chat and all that. And I, it's a lovely thing. It's a very humbling thing to, to have. But that day... Um, he said, how you getting home with, with my sister Karen? He said, how you getting home? I said, oh, on the train. Ronnie Boyce said, where do you live then? I said, oh, South End. He said, I'm going down to see my dad. He said, I'll give you a lift. And I, I looked at myself and I said, I can't believe this. I said, bloody Ronnie Boyce is giving us <laughs> I was going like this. I was like, no, this is not true. Yeah. It, was, it was fantastic. And uh, on the back end of that, Ronnie come round uh, to me home about oh, two weeks later and I'd done a lovely interview with Ronnie as well. So uh, that was great. Obviously, Brian Deer. I mean, Brian's lived in Sound, so he's one of my best mates anyway. I'll, I'll tell you this now. If they ever, I've always said this, if they ever build a, a proper museum for West Ham, the only curator you could ever have is Brian Deer. Because that sure. man, he's forgotten more than anyone I'll ever know about West Ham. He's brilliant. Yeah. He's absolutely brilliant, Brian. But, uh, and he might even tell you about his five goals against West Ham. Yeah, he might mention it. <laughs> <laughs> just once or twice blessing but but as you said you know and obviously you've been fortunate as it you know as we when we were talking beforehand you know not just that but obviously doing the stuff with um with, with the um at the great ormond street tournament mm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. as well yeah, yeah um i mean obviously with lots of stuff with frank as well weren't it so you, as you're yeah. saying you know uh, tell us tell us the stories about them because there were some funny ones you said it's like a, a week-long thing in staying in the hotel for the sounds of it well, yeah, it was. It was staying in the hotel at Upton Park. Uh, and the, and what it was, we split it into three. So you had a morning tournament, 11-a-side tournament, full-size pitch. So my job, um, or part of it, is what uh, Jeff, Jeff Garner, his brother Phil, used to be out pitch side. Jeff had announced the place. So we'd get Steve Harris, uh, Stevie Bacon over there. Yeah. Uh, Steve would stand at the top of the steps at a tunnel. I'd be up in that remember the little control room at the top. Oh, yes, very well. Oh, yeah, you must know that. So I used to sit at the DJ's bit there. That's what I used to sit. That's my seat. You sit at my seat. Exactly right. Jesus. It was, yeah. Oh, hold on. 
sit on my seat. Yeah, no, I've still I got there was a dent in it. I've still got your seat. I was, it? No, I was looking for that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when they come out, Jeff used to have to wave because you couldn't hear in there, could you? You couldn't hear what was going outside. No, so he used, Jeff used to wave up. It bubbles, so the players used to come out to I'm forever blowing bubbles, nice. and they'd all come out waving and clapping to imaginary yeah. crap. It was brilliant. Um, my mom Bobby Garrard used to do the refereeing over there, and Kev Curran, like proper referees. And uh, so you'd have the, the tournament, Frank had guessed for like whoever wanted him to play, but um, we used to kick off at nine in the morning, so it was the lads at about 11 o'clock would sort of get Frank, you know, um, he doesn't do mornings, does he? So, um He'd come down, but bless his eye, he was always there mixing and having a good laugh with her. And then uh, we'd do the afternoon and then the evening. Well, the evening one was the main one. Uh, and then we'd have the meal upstairs um, in the uh, Legends Bar. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then when we'd finished the meal, I'd go up and do a QA and a with Frank. Um, basically, he'd, he'd just tell us all the stuff. I mean, he told us the fantastic story of... Uh, he, must, he must have told you he's... Uh, Oh, was it Captain Bob or Captain George? The helicopter story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He jumped out of the helicopter and all that, and it just had people in fits, honestly. And we'd be laughing, laughing of all evening, and then gradually, as people went, it gets to the the witching hour of about eleven o'clock, and Frank would say, "Well, uh, where are you going now?" Well, my Debs would say, oh, "I'm I'm I'm going to bed now." I said, oh, "I said I'll just pop downstairs with Frank." <laughs> <laughs> So we'd go down to the Ironworks bar, and uh, that was it, really. It was, and, and all of a sudden, you'd hear birds singing outside, and it was like, and it, it, it just reminisced, tell you, roll the stories off. Like, it was just so funny, just so funny. And um, I mean, the great, great thing about Frank as well, he says, well, always got time for everyone. He's a genuinely yeah. nice guy. Um, I mean, remember, my Bob, Bobby Garrard, um, we went to Glasgow. Um, Bob had won a competition <clears throat> to go to uh, Celtic, uh, a Celtic match. So he yeah. invited me along because uh, Frank Frank said he'd get us uh, like, sorted out, basically. <laughs> so <laughs> the trouble is, what we couldn't tell him is me and Bob are Rangers fans. <laughs> so, uh, we went to see, um, there's a West Ham link in that. We went to the uh, Celtic St. Johnson game and the manager of St. Johnson at the time was Stevie Lomas. Of course. Uh, so uh, and he got sent off after ten minutes. Lomi, he had to come up Perfect. and sit. They got, they got a naughty boys' chair where he had to go and sit. So <laughs> got banging on the windows like giving ha 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 sort of thing. Laugh. Brilliant. At him. Um, and I met. We met six of the Lisbon Lions, which to me wow. was quite humbling mm. because again the West Ham link. Um, oh, who was it? I forget which one it was now. I think it, it wasn't Billy McNeil's. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but he he um he had a watch, he was wearing a he showed, showed me this watch he was wearing. And he said, Do you know what that is? I said, No, he said, That's what we got for playing in Bobby Moore's testimonial. I wow. said, I was at that game, I said you drew three all. He said, You've got a good memory. I said, No, it's bloody old. I said, But yeah, I was at <laughs> who could ever forget being at Bobby's testimonial. Of course. And uh, I've still got a, a friend of mine, I haven't seen him for donkey's years now, but on that particular Bobby Moore night. Um, there was a load of Celtic in the North Bank. We're thinking, oh my God, you know, this is a testimony. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was in those days as well, and it say, and all of a sudden, my mate, I thought he was singing. He was like getting higher and higher in the pitch in his voice. 
and I thought he was singing. And it was in the days when your nan used to knit you in bloody great woolly scarves and all that. Like, and he had this scarf on. <coughs> and as he's going, oh, what are you doing? Someone had lobbed a meat pie down the back of the North Bank. It had landed right on the back of this this woolen scarf. And all the hot meat was running around. <laughs> Oh, you couldn't make it out, honestly. Was, and, oh, um, man. Oh, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, it's so, I'm sorry I'm going to put a tenure, but um, those, yeah, those weeks were free. I mean, the, the Ormond Street games were absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. Because what we did with that, um, we'd finish the Frank tournaments and we'd try to do the Ormond Street on the Friday evening. <clears throat> so what Jeff done, what we did, uh, we got TC, uh, Tony Cotty, to get a yeah. side together. Um, I mean, one of the sides, I'll send you a picture of one of the sides, and we had obviously uh, uh, our old mate Alan McKnight, uh, we had Ian Pierce, Julian Dix, Kevin Keane, Rob Lee, uh, Mark Ward, oh, Potsy, uh, Slate, Stuart Slater, uh, Nigel Winterburn. Oh, I can't remember them all, they'll kill me for getting them. Oh, uh, Dicko, Alan Diggins. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was just a great what it was the guys paid money to play against them against and again, but we had people coming through the turnstiles to uh, raise money for the for the great old street um i've got a few of my mates martin russ and all his family set up in the um uh players players bit by the dugout so that yeah. made it we always tried to share things like that about like i said whenever i went over to meet bill i always took a friend with me yeah. but i wouldn't i wouldn't tell him who i was meeting we might make Glenny Rowe from the telly this. We got we we always met at the same place over the Dartford Bridge, the Hilton Hotel. Yeah. So Glenn said, Who are we meeting? So just someone I know from West Ham. So they sort of left it at that. And we got in there and the doors have opened. And as we got in, Glenn's grabbed my arm, he's gone, Billy Bond's over there. <laughs> Sorry? He said, Billy Bonds, Billy Bonds is over there. I went, Oh yeah. So we've walked in. He went to me, oh yeah. So he says, Billy Bonds, I said, I oh, know. So we've walked in, Bill's gone. Hello, Tony. He said, uh, I've got a coffee. So if you and your mate want to get one, my mate's turned around. He's gone, hello, Tony. He said, hello, King Tony. He said, what's all that about? I said, if I'd have told you, you wouldn't have come. And uh, it was great. It was just lovely for him <laughs> sitting there chatting away. So, and so with the Ormond Street, the, the camaraderie um, was was fantastic. Of course. We had a guy, Mickey West, uh, someone dropped out. And Tony said, do you know anyone that could play up front for us? I said, yeah, a guy called Mickey West. So, Good little lad, not, not a bad player. So I said, we'll go and get him, bring him down to the dressing room. So I said, and he, what had happened is he missed out on paying to play against them. So his brother was playing and he was giving him all, you know, you're not playing, I am. So I said to him, I said, come down with me, mate. So he's gone down there. I said, give us hand hanging shirts up in the away dressing room, like where the West Ham players are changing. He said, I can't go in there. I said, go on. I said, come in there. So he'd gone in and Tony was set. Down. There weren't any other players quite early. <clears throat> so I've gone, uh, hello, Tony says, my mate Martin. He said, Oh, hello, mate, how are you? Like, checking away. He said, uh, Have you got your kit with you? Are your boots with you? So Martin's gone, I've always got my boots with me, Tony, always. He said, Well, go and get me. He said, You're playing for West Ham tonight. <laughs> so he looked at me, he's gone, Yeah, good one. He said, What's all this about? And he said, You've set me up here. I said, oh, I can assure you what happened. <laughs> Not yet. So, yeah. so he, he was like Limford Christie, Russ, honestly. He's gone out through that. <laughs> reception area he's back with his boots and he played for West Ham and I watched him lying up in the tunnel and oh. as they've come out like Stevie Bacon like that doing the old photos and 
one forever blowing bubbles. I think we had two and a half thousand people in the old West West Lower and all clapping that he's coming out, giving it all the wave and all that. And he, he played for West Ham and Tony brought him off, I think it was five minutes from time, just so he could get his, his clap for everyone. Yeah. And he come off and the cheeky little girl, I couldn't believe what he did. There was these kids holding these books up. He's only walking along the front, giving it all this, like, and posing for photos. Like, he's absolutely <laughs> been a star. And I saw him two weeks ago, and that was quite a long time ago, and he dropped on his knees. He said, probably giving me all that. He said, you made me. He said, the app is, but he said, I said, I'll shut up, get out of this sobby, sobby. He said, but he said, you couldn't have done anything better than that. He said, because I played for West Ham. Hi, everybody. I'm sorry to interrupt the episode, but I'd just like to say that today's episode is actually sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. So thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring the episode. You'll see here, um, they've sent me some stuff to show you as well. So your balls will thank you. All fantastically designed and packaged. I love love a bit of packaging. Um, But the whole idea of Manscaped is to make sure that down there is all trimmed up as well as up here. That's all. Simple concept. But it, here's the main thing. It comes with, uh, here is the main boy, the Lawnmower 3.0. There we go. With a little light, I've just noticed as well, so you can do Morse code in between. So, so <laughs> not SOS, but to make sure you know, we, you know, you can see what you're doing, particularly if it's, you know, in, in the shower or whatnot as well. Um, it's all skin-safe technology, so the idea is, oh, look, look at that. Oh, smoothing the baby's bottom, my arm, back of my hand is. So it means you don't nick the old... Uh, comes with a free guard as well you can get interchangeable blades as well to make sure that um, it's all nice and hygienic um, which is good where else have we got here i'm looking at this yeah and um, we've got some ball toner uh crop reviver uh for an anytime pick me up spritz your goods once or twice always twice always twice always double dip um and let air dry so i make sure i lock the back door for that look not the back door the the, the bathroom door <laughs> look at the bathroom door and let the old boys let the old boys dry more berries than twig oh i suppose the twig has to dry as well but it's mainly the berries um what else we got here we've got ball deodorant crop preserver anti-chafing ball deodorant uh yeah, give that one a go as well. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to this. Um, what else we got? It comes with free gifts as well. So we've got here a pair of boxer shorts, uh, anti-chafing boxing shorts, um, and anti uh, and sweat sweat wicking fibers prevent anti-chafing and swamp crotch. We all we all love us. We all, all don't like swamp crotch, do we? Um, so that's good. Uh, it comes with a free bag as well to put it all in. All leather proper stuff that is um and it comes with these mats as well which are basically basically newspaper type mats made of old school like newspaper um paper so the idea is you put this on the floor when you do the whole um when you do the old the old uh what's it called shaving that's the one and uh, then you can scrunch them up um not the balls i mean i meant the newspaper put it in the bin so that's all good. Anyway, if you want to get involved, description, uh, all the information is in the description below, in the video description. Um, hit, hit the link. Um, because you're part of the West of the My Hammers 11 community, you get 20% off by putting the promo code in the description, plus free shipping. That ain't bad, is it? Anyway, get involved and back to the video. Cheers, guys. Man, Bye-bye. I played for West Ham. He said, yeah. what more could I have done? I said, well, you could have scored the goal that you should have got in the first half. I said, I'm not being critical. He said, yeah. He said, but I had Julian Dix behind me. He'd be screaming at me to give him the ball back. He said, that's why I never took the shot or give it to him. I said, oh, right, okay. Fair play. So, yeah. No, yeah. so that was, somebody shared loads and loads of things like that. Um, 
funny moments, funny moments. Um, well, it is, and, and and one and one thing that that sort of uh, is a common thread for, with all of them is they just all the play all the ex players are just genuinely nice blokes. Honestly, they're just all. I mean, I, we've I've been very privileged enough to interview. You know, I, I think about seven, seventy, seventy-five something we've had on the channel so far. Whether they're, whether they're Julian Dix, Macca, TC, all yeah. the way to Luke Chadwick and John Pantsil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're they're all just really, really lovely guys. You know, this, yeah. you know, and and that's the thing that I don't think surprised me. But obviously, I never, I never sort of went into that world really so i think maybe i put people on pedestals a bit um but actually when you talk to them they're just like as you said like Macca would do anything for anyone you know and i know that more than anyone you know he's helped me out a few times and, and trevor sinclair and various others and they're all just lovely but, and, but they all love their time at west ham yeah they all love it uh, they're all it goes it goes right away back i mean that's like that just touching on that book thing i was doing when i've done the interview with jeff Hurst, mm. one of my because it was all about london football in the 60s because yeah. i love the 60s and I remember Jeff answering one of the questions, and he said, "The thing was, he said, if, he said, we drove the same car that supporters had. Yeah. He said there was no no big time Charlies. He said, if you know, he said I had a Mark one called Tina. He said, and so did half the fans. He said, and that was the yeah. way it was. He said it was just. <clears throat> I'm not going to get drawn on the modern day player because I don't think, I don't know, they, they, it's it's different now, isn't it, for them? They um, and they live their life on social media, but. I don't think they come across as, uh, I wouldn't say not approachable, they're just not allowed to, are they? I think, I think you know, it's, it's a common theme that happens quite a lot, Tony. Obviously, we interview lots of players from not, not even a bygone era, really. So, obviously, we've interviewed Brian and people like that, but we've interviewed guys who have been with the club, maybe like people like Julian Faubert and people like that. And and when you interview them all, you hear their stories and and... And I think who was, I was interviewing a journalist the other day, and I was saying to them, I was like, I, I miss, I miss footballers having personalities. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? They all seem very professional, and and very nowadays. I'm not saying they weren't professional before, but they seem to no. almost like they're, I know, they're finally, I know exactly what you mean. You know what I mean, they're yeah. like finely tuned athletes and stuff. Yeah. And like, I mean, I always used to, I used to live in Loughton, and and obviously all the West Ham lot and Tottenham lot used to live in Loughton because it was close to Chadwell Reef, it was close to Tottenham's Tottenham train ground. And and I used to work at Safeways, and I was t- I tell this story quite a lot, and uh, I, I told Shaka actually because Shaka would go in every Shaka used to go in every Friday and do his big shop in Safeways, and you'd see him because he was so tall, and I'd and I'd always change if if they were if they were playing at home basically he'd always do his big shop, so I'd always make sure my shift was Friday like five o'clock, so I'd say and have a chat with him, and 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 now it, you know you wouldn't get. Manuel Land, no disrespect to Manuel Lanzini, but you wouldn't get the Manuel Lanzini going to the co-op and picking up a pint of milk. <laughs> you wouldn't, would you? And it's like, no, it's just, and, no, and, and we spoke about, that. and we spoke about sort of, you know, how we just before we started, how you know you, you do a lot of the the sort of the um, the, the, the ex Hammer nights and stuff like that, and we've got a few coming up soon, and we're looking forward to. And as you said, you'd go and watch Macca tell the same stories that he told last time, the last time, but you go because he's just so approachable and such a lovely guy. Yeah. It, 20 30 years time i don't think the queens are going to host a hammers hero 
you know, night with Sebastian Haller and Felipe Lanzini in it. You know, it's, no, it's just, no. it's, I'm not, I'm not digging out Lanzini rather no, at no, all, no, but no, no, what you, mean. I know you know what I mean? It's just, it's just the personality, but I think it's because social media, that's what the, that's what the journalist guy was saying. I mean, now, Russ, they can't say anything. If they say one bad thing or something out of context, that's yeah. two, three million pounds worth of commercial deals gone. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's the problem is, I mean, when, when we did the shows, um, our first one that Jeff and I did was at the, it was the Bell Pub down the A13 in South End, opposite where I lived. Yeah. I said, can we do a night out there? I said, well, yeah, I said, do an evening with Tony Cotty. Yeah. Um, I think we had about 70 people in this, this small room. Um, and it, you could have heard a pin drop. They hung on every it's, word that he yeah, said. Yeah. I mean, now they see him all the time because he lives near there. But um, the point I'm making is that was that, and that's how it started, really. Mm. Um, and I, I I met Tony, or both the Tonys. I was the press officer at Thurrock, or Perfleet, as it was at the time. Um, and I wanted to play the <laughs> Boys of 86. And that's how it came about. We had a meeting. met Tony, like Gailey and uh, TC there. And again, in life, something just clicks with people. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's just been a, a friendship ever since of 20 plus years. I mean, they both mm -hmm. come to my wedding. Uh, I went to Tony Cotty's wedding. He didn't invite me to bloody Dubai, but we went to the reception. Mm -hmm. after, but I had some heart problems um, a couple of weeks before we got married. And um, at the reception, I said to my best man, Glenn, who I took to meet, Bumza, I said, uh, don't let Gailey near the mic. Well, he said, no, 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 no. So obviously he stood up. He said, no, he said, um, like all good men speeches, he said, uh, I'd like to introduce Tony Gale. I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Gale, come out, he's tall, and he, Gale, and he, yeah. he come out, and he said, he said to me, he said, uh, how's the old ticket in town? I said, uh, yeah, all right, thanks, Gale. So he's opened his pocket out, like, took an envelope out, he's gone, I asked you a bit, Therese, we don't need that one now, do we? You rip this envelope. Um, and so I said, you bastard's completely. That's Gailey, isn't it? You just yeah. you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. But uh, so funny. That really was. I've still got, I've got the video of that, but that, that was amusing. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But um, no, and that's how it started off. And then we'd, we'd done a show. I remember we did a show, um, the, the West Ham, West Ham's Greatest Eleven. We called it a day. And what happened on the night, um, I meant to get a photo out of the show, but on the night we had um, Tre uh, Sir Trevor there, um, Parksy, Dev, and uh Brian Deer, Dixie, Gailey, TC, who hosted it, and uh, Bill, but Bill couldn't make it. Yeah. Um, so at the eleventh hour, um, Alan Kerbishy stood in, oh, and he was really? manager. He was manager at the time, so that really sort of so we had over a th thousand people in at the uh, Christmas Pavilion down at South End. And what it was, Gailey had this great big board on the on the stage, and you had to write down five names for each position. And the, he went along the panel, and they had to pick it. Well, when it got to left back. Oh my God, that was because Julian's on stage. You can imagine the absolute uproar it was uh, when Frank's name went up there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was funny. But that show, that that's funny, isn't it? That show, and then you know that, that was that was brilliant. And then we done, um, oh, we done a, a Bobby Moore show, 
Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a really true poignant story about that. Um, we had um, Jonathan Pierce, uh, Mike Summerby, yeah. Jonathan Pierce, Mike Summerby, Billy Bonds, uh, Sir Trev, and Malice, Alan Mallory. Mm. I know Malice from other things, so I had Malice and Gailey hosting it. And I'll tell you what, um, right at the very end, I mean, they'd all, they'd all sort of stories about Morrow and all the rest of it. Of course, yeah. Um, particularly Piercy and um, Mike Summerby. And right at the very end, um, Tony just said, like, why, you know, what's the main reason that you've come down, you know, you, you love with Bobby and all that. And Mike Summerby said, he said, he said, you all know, he said, that I've got some health issues at the moment. He said, and I've got the Manchester Royal Infirmary at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. This is like 11 o'clock at night. So I think wow. He said, so he said, that's about 300 miles. He said, I'll tell you what, he said, I'd have walked every one of those 300 miles to be here with you people tonight to talk about wow. this. Movie. And it made the hair stand out the back of your neck. Yeah, and I think Gali said, oh, well, that's finished on a really cheerful night. <laughs> Everyone's crying. There. But that was something like that just to break the atmosphere. Break the ice, was, yeah, yeah. What a thing to say! What a thing, wow. thing to say! It was, it was incredible. That, that was another one. Um, but we've done loads, loads of evenings like at the theatres, and like you say, it doesn't matter who they are. It don't, and I used to look at the audience and think, oh, I mean, they look young. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, Keithy Robson had come out of stage, Pikey, and all that, and the kids were just there because they're 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 best down. Yeah, exactly. Talk about it. It's just. I don't know about you, but I mean, at school, as well, as I was a teenager, people used to say, so why do you support West Ham? And we all had the same saying, an instant answer was West Ham, innit? Yeah. No one ever knew what that meant, but we all said it. But we where knew it, it, yeah, but it's, where, yeah, you're right. From, I don't know, but we all said it, you know, it's West Ham, innit? I know exactly what you mean. It's like an inherent thing, you know, yeah. and, and it breeds a certain type of fan, um, has to be a West Ham fan, just, it is... I, I, I can't you can't describe it what it what it is to be a West Ham fan, but you know it when you see it, you know, oh he's West Ham. Yeah. You can and you can you tell know, just you the, know that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know they are. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's just weird. It's just just one of those things you need to us. I know everyone says they're clubs unique, but I think we are I think we are because we are I think you know, I've been obviously privileged enough to interview loads of fans, loads of ex players, you know, over over three hundred in the last year. And whether they're from Basildon, or they're from Bangalore, or they're from Brisbane, or they're from uh, yeah. I can't wherever I've, I've run out of bees, yeah. but um, they're all the same, they're all the same, and it's mm. and it's that inherent. I, th I think it's that inherent. It's funny because it's like some people who have never stepped foot in, in Newham at all, but they they they, em they embody the traits of being a West Ham fan. The fact is, it is that East End spirit, it is yeah. that, that sort of almost um. What's the, what's the word, like sadist approach? Because you know every year they're going to let you down, but you, ha you have oh, this yeah. thought every season, every season, apart from this season maybe, you've had this sort of, yeah. particularly in my lifetime, you know, you have this sort of like blind optimism that we're going to win the, we're going to win the cup this year or whatever, and you know, you go, oh, here we go, that's it. Ah, yeah. but you, oh, let's, let's start again. Let's start again next year. Yeah. It's our year but next we, year. But we can moan about it, but yeah. not everyone outside that I'll stay because yeah. I won't have none of that. It's still, yeah, it's still exactly. My friend Mar uh, Marty Russ, he's, de he's dear old dad Reg, he used to come around there, uh, God rest him, lovely, lovely man, 
he I was in awe of him because I used to sit and listen to his stories from when he was growing up. Because, um, you know, I was telling him about when I started in the 60s, he said, ah, he don't know nothing, boy. He said, I started going over there in 1940, whatever it was. Um, uh, but he used to say the same. He said, you used to come away. He said, sometimes you'd come away and you'd bloody hate him. He said, you know, but he said, yeah. you, couldn't, you couldn't wait for the next game. He said, you couldn't wait. And, you know, and I used to love listening to him, you know, and listening to my granddad because they've done, they've experienced what I've experienced. Hopefully, yeah. you know, you sort of pass on your experiences. Because in a way, it's your history, isn't it? I know you people can get the written history, but for the likes of me, who hasn't played for the club, I think there's a lot of history there as well, isn't there? In like, the, the same kind of memories, and you know, the Ken Ken's calf round the corner to the East End Working Men's Club, few beers, run round the ground, watch the game, back round the East End Working Men's Club, you know, and then back home or in the bowling or whatever, pie and mash at night. That, that's that's folklore, but it's, yeah. it's true folklore, isn't it? It's, it's true, um, it's, it's really true, it's really true. And I think it, regardless of what generation you've you've you know, you've joined the West Ham family. I think everyone has those those sort of similar similar sort of like experiences, you know. Obviously, you know, obviously, as you said, you you know, you 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 came pretty much in the in the in the pomp in the golden era, really, you know. And and so you've had that, but you've obviously had you know quite a few lows in between. The highs aren't so you know for a lot of people. Myself, you know, we have you know I was born in eighty one, so I haven't seen us win anything, pop Cup and a few and a few Betway cups, but that's about really. Um, so so you know, it's and I think but it's just this collective spirit and, and actually i think that's why i like doing this in doing these these shows because you know we hear you know you, we hear the experiences of you that you had during the 60s and stuff like that and there's albeit different players the, the actual experiences are still the same whether it's going to ken's calf or smelling the, the the dodgy burgers on the outside green street and all that type of stuff the cut yeah. the cut grass at upton park and all those memories which everyone can relate to and um <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. Good old band that used to march around. Do you remember? The yes. Show that no, I don't remember. We brought it back, no. didn't we? We brought it back for the um for the for the play. I remember the playoffs. Um, uh, I think it was the we brought back the the hornpipe gallo uh hornpipe yeah. gallop for the Ipswich game. I remember we did that, uh, and we brought back the band for the last game of the seat, last game of the bowling as well, yeah. didn't we? The, the they they used to have the A to Z, didn't they? Around the corners because they used to drop the half times in. <laughs> We, we, we was playing Man United at home. Me and my mate Stevie Lynch, we um, we found this bench. So we thought, that's a bit of luck. So we nicked the bench, put that right by the corner flag, and we knelt up on that. Like, nearly, like, oh, that's absolutely perfect. Well, these old boys come out, and they was hunting up and down. And I said, Steve, I said, do you know what they're looking for? And he said, yeah, it's obvious. And all of a sudden, we got a tap on the shoulder. And <laughs> the two old boys from St. John said, would you mind if we had our bench back, chaps? He said, <laughs> <laughs> We used to watch and put the scores in at half time. And oh, brilliant! On, on things you say, special memories. My my twenty first birthday, Russ, you could not make it up because my twenty first birthday was the fourteenth of April, nineteen seventy six, the oh. night we played Eintracht Frankfurt. And of I, course, I will take to my grave with me that night, not because it was my birthday, but I can honestly say, hand on heart, that that is the greatest game and the greatest night I've ever had up. Part it was absolutely brilliant atmosphere, everything. I was at the Tbilisi game, um, when we clapped them off. I mean, we got done 4 0, but it was because you've seen a different brand of football, and they, they were just they, they deserved their, their clap, you know. And so, yeah, they're having a go, but but that Iron Track Frankfurt, and 
again years later doing the shows meeting up with robo um <clears throat> you know i, I still say to you now i said i said how did you ever do that that girl i said you know i said because you you sort of miscontrolled it and i know i didn't i didn't even miscontrol you know i know i didn't <laughs> but what a goal and then trevor scoring his goal that was you couldn't make it up for a 21st birthday could you no just... not at all and, and obviously a bit of sort of you know sort of uh full circle obviously we could potentially get him in in the europa league well there you go that'd be nice wouldn't it it would nice. trouble is i'm not 21 but there you go <laughs> no but it doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter does it <laughs> no it's only a number you can pretend, you can, exactly actually at your eight no actually shoe size not your age you'll be fine um <laughs> right let's go into your 11 so obviously as you said Ooh, early right. 60s all the way it's it's, a, it's i can yeah. imagine it's a real nightmare because there's so many players that have come and gone um so as i said what we try and do is get, get people to pick their 11 you can pick based on whatever criteria you want it doesn't have to be the best it could be the you know your fans favorites maybe the guys you interacted best with it doesn't really matter really but the only rule is you have to be alive to see them play um which is fine for someone like you because to be honest most of the good players you've seen play um whereas obviously i didn't see moro bonzo brookings so they went in my 11. This is, this is disappointing, but that's that's the way it goes. Otherwise, everyone had the same bloody level. No, you could have, have, have a criteria, wouldn't you? Otherwise, you have criteria. Tony. Yeah, so, my, um, my friend, my friend, when I told him I was doing this, he said, "Oh, are you going to tell him what it was like to what you know? What's Charlie Painter in the dugout and like <laughs> sit puppy foot running that?" I said, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's let's start off. Let's start off between the sticks. Right. Can I go four three three? You can go whatever you want to do, man. I've got to, otherwise I'll, I'll get, because a certain person <laughs> will lynch me if I don't put him in. But, right, okay, between it. the sticks, uh, obviously the first, Kate Russell, Jimmy Standen, um, yep. Bobby Ferguson. Um, when you're young, you're impressionable and you think, oh, I'm in fantastic. I like Jimmy Standen. I thought he's a good goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, then uh, I suppose moving on down the years, uh, Ludo arrived, who... Absolutely second to none in that sense. But for me, um, I've got to go with my mate Parksy. Yeah. I, I just think Phil was, uh, he was just different class and he, and he made it look easy, Phil. Yeah. I, I can't ever remember him flapping or anything. He just, you know, he just, he was a presence. Um, yeah, just a great goalkeeper, Parksy, and a lovely, lovely man as well. Yeah. Um, you know, him and Lavinia know them well, and um, yeah, Parks is my man for the goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As you said, like it, for someone like like particularly Parks, it seems. Uh, you, you're right. When we talk about when people pick Phil, um, that's one of the things I say. He's like, he was he was he was like a gentle giant. He was effortless in terms of how he, you know, he oh, was yeah. just a, a big lat, you know. And it, it was obviously he was probably the last, you know, goalkeepers which were big, you know, big like you know he was he was a huge man, you know. Whereas you know Ludo came in, arguably yeah. he was more athletic. More yeah. like a modern goalkeeper, um, yeah. but Parks had that. Shaka, Yaskalainen, you know, we've, we've, yeah. had we've done all right. Mervin, yeah, I mean, Mervin was Mervin was in my thoughts, but he never it never moved on and on and on like we thought it would with Mervin. Yeah. But um, now for me, Parks, he just I mean, especially the West Brom game that won us the cup. If you look at our cup run, he was immense that day. Yeah. He was immense that day, Phil. So yeah, I'd have Phil. Fills me goalkeeper. Cool. All right, so fills in. Right, so we'll go back four. Let's go. Let's go left back then. I knew you were going to start with that. Right, okay. 
because I was I sent Dixie a text the other week said oh you know hope everything's all right and we must get out for a beer again soon and he went definitely so now I've got to pick me left back. <laughs> so my my beer's gone out the window because I, I've got I, the reason I'm going to go for Frankie Lampard senior is just for the fact that he 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 come back from that leg that broken leg yeah um he won one like two FA Cups Cupmaners Cup. Um, the night at Ellen Road, which you know, no one could ever forget when he ran around the corner flag. Of course, yeah. Um, and he played for England. And I think he just, that's what, just, and he, and he was, I mean, Julian was a fantastic footballer, um, without a doubt, and a cult hero. But Lampard just, just, yeah, and like you say, it's an age thing as well. You know, I watched yeah. an awful lot of fan. I watched a lot of Julian, but Frankie Lampard just, yeah, just, just edges it. No, sorry, Julian. And he will take it really, and Julian will take it really personally. Good job it's not live because you'd see me going like this now, wouldn't you? I'm so sorry, mate. I'll just... Exactly, exactly. Oh, dear. Oh yeah, it was funny when we when I when I interviewed Julian, we had because I was, he was like we was talking. I was like, you know, you Julian, you like you scored my first ever goal. I saw Upton Park, you know, against against Oxford United. He went, I scored two that day, Russell. I know you scored two, but you scored the first goal I saw. And yeah, he put himself he put himself left back, obviously. Um, uh, right, okay, let's let's go let's go the other side. Let's go right back then. Oh God, right, another mate of mine's not going to be happy, but <clears throat> this was a tough one. This is why I've gone for a back four. Um, since some very good right backs, I mean, obviously, Ray Stewart was him at bad. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to put Bill there, Billy Bonds. Um, and the reason why is I was at the first game when we signed him. Yeah. Uh, this, this, well, just unbelievably fit guy with the number two on his back. He, you know, who, who's Linford Christie? Because he was just up and down <laughs> like with, with pace. And the thing is with Bill as well, um, people say how, how strong he was and you know, a tough tackler. And that. One thing I always thought of Bill was what a footballer as well. What yeah. a good pass with the ball. He could score his goals. You know, he, he was he's what you could call a classic West Ham player because yeah. he, he could see the picture every time, you know. And I think he just complimented, well, I, when I get onto my midfield, <laughs> just complimented each other. But what, yeah, what a fantastic player. Um, happy to have known happy to know him and um as a man he's just you do he's a he's a colossus i can't i can't sing his praises high enough but as a footballer for our club and uh, uh, you know to come come across from charlton as well um yeah great i, I did the thing for uh julian when he was the ladies manager um and he, he said to me one night he said would you come out to part and do a q a for me and bill he said for the ladies, yeah, of course we will. And I said to Bill, I said, Do you remember how much I'm paid for you? He said, Yeah, it's 49 and a half grand or 47. He said, Yeah, I said, So we paid a million pounds for Marco Bogans. He went, Oh, don't start all these. Don't give me spoilers, bro. You're going to play up front with Marco. Don't, don't mention it. You know, Marco Bogans, Marco yeah. Bogans, he's, he's the only one, he's the only player who's, who's turned me down for an interview. No way. Yeah. Only one. Can I ask why? He, 
I don't know. Yeah, the caravan. Yeah, no, I just think he's probably had enough of people asking him about that. Do you know, I reckon I, that's honestly, but I, I mean, I've never heard of anyone doing an interview with him, but yeah, I might try again soon. But he did turn me down, but he's on holiday at the moment, so he might be in a good mood. So I might try again. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> a few pina coladas, and he might be on, <laughs> right? Okay, so he's put Bill right back. Uh, center half, first center half, then Tone. Well, um, the first one is just a no brainer, and it's, it's Moro, yeah, um, Bobby Moore, um, Mr. West Ham, um. Mr. England, um, I'm not going to start on what should have happened to Bobby after he finished playing because I think everyone shares the same opinions yeah, about that. Yeah. As a player, and as I say, as a youngster, just a simple thing, not punching the ball out onto the part, I don't, it just, whatever it was, just stuck um, to watch the man play. And I still don't know, I mean, we didn't have any grass on the pitch come October, and yeah. he always used to come off clean. He, he, you know. <laughs> um, I was watching on YouTube the other night the Brazil game seventeen. My God, I mean that was that was something else. Um, but then you got the Stoke game when he went in goal, and you know it's, um, Bobby Moore, captain of England, captain of West Ham United, and, or captain of my West Ham United as well. Um, but equally, there's there's lots lots of good centre halves down the years. But yeah. uh, I'll have to I'll have to mention eventually because I'll. Team, so why don't you put me in? But uh, yeah, Gailey weren't bad either. But, uh, he wasn't bad. He was all right. <laughs> I mean, Gailey, Gailey put himself, obviously picked himself naturally, and put himself captain, um, first team coach, uh, free tip taker, and penalty taker. Yeah, I'll tell so, you what, I'll tell you what, Tony Gale could take a really good free kick as well. Yes. You look at the Liverpool Coventry going there, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was, he was, yeah, not far behind him, but no. uh, yeah, okay. No, so, Bobby Moore, Captain Bobby Moore. Of course. It, it was it was nailed on, wasn't it? Um you know, so Bobby's yeah. in who's he gonna partner then in the centre backs? Alvin. Alvin. Yeah. 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 Alvin again. Uh, I remember Alvin's first few games and we was all sort of saying, Oh, I don't know. He looked he looked <laughs> nervous. He, 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 I mean he, he was he was a good player straight away. You could see you see yeah, yeah. you could see he was a proper player, but he just got nervous. Um for the first few games, I don't know why. Well, oh, I do know why because, like in front of the South Bank or the North Bank, if you didn't do it straight away, you sort of someone would have a little moan up or something. Mm. But they didn't with him really, uh, with Alvin. And then, um, my God, didn't he develop into a, a another legend? You know, yeah. another cult hero. But uh, they use the word cult heroes and they use the word legends. And I think legends a word that's probably used all too easily now. I agree. Yeah, they hand it out like sweets. But I'd, I'd have Alvin in there. That yeah. all, you know, so far, yeah. definitely. And, and I think, and I think, uh, who do I think when we interviewed um, uh, Bobby Ferguson? So Bobby Ferguson, he reckoned he he was he was in golf Alvin's first. It was a reserve team game at QPR, and um, John laughs at you know it's just a, so keep keep an eye, you know, keep an eye on him. He's he's new. He's a bit nervous. He's a bit of a young, you know, and. Yeah. Uh, and Bobby went after about five minutes. Didn't bother. <laughs> didn't bother. I, he, he just like he was just like you could tell he's going to be a, a quality player after yeah. five minutes. And so yeah. Uh, yeah, and obviously you know he still lives around the area. Obviously he didn't come from around these parts, but he still yeah, he's lives here. Not far from here. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, his 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 grandson's in my daughter's year at school, and 
you know, he, he does the school, he does the school fail, does the school fairs, does the tumbolas and things like no, that. No, he's a know? top top man. He's we lovely. Did the, um, yeah, we, I've done a few things about him, but I did um, um, a ten year memorial evening down my local um, club, down at Benfleet Social Club, for John Lowe. So uh, yeah. Murray and Sam and Eve on the night, and well, we just going to stay at the house sort of things. So no, know them really well, and um, Murray sort of said, "Can we do something?" So we, I managed to get. I think I had something like 26 ex-players along on the night. Wow. Um, and I, we had a select sort of 80 people in there as well. And uh, unfortunately, Alvin just couldn't come. He was double booked. Um, so were the two Tonys, funny enough. Um, but So what we'd done, we'd had, um, oh, what was the name, guy's name? Paul Vater. I Paul Vater, the old bloke that used to do all the sketches. Yeah. He'd done us a, a lovely um, sketch of John. And um, what we did, um, I just went, the players that couldn't make it in the night, we went around the houses, so we went around Lamp, 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 Frank Lampard's house, Alvin's house, just getting them to sign this thing. And it, they, nice. as soon as you phoned them out and said, oh, will you do it? was a no-brainer. My, my friend who drove me around, he couldn't believe his luck, like, so he was getting all the photos done as well. But then we presented that to the family on the night. Oh, um, that, that was good. That was a good night. And look, someone was just talking about that the other night, actually. And someone said, oh, What's your fondest memory of it? I said, well, obviously seeing the family, like Avon and Murray and Sam and all that, and young Sam, Charlie. Um, it was a case of, there was a lot of good memories. It was plenty hard work putting it together, but I, I really enjoyed the night. But for me, um, it was a sad memory because it was the last time I saw um, Peter Braybrook. Sure. Peter, was, Peter yeah. was there that night, and I was like, oh, that's such a shame because I like a lot of time for, for Peter, yeah. another good player as well. Yeah. 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 So, sorry, mate. Yeah. So, That's Alvin. Right. Alvin's Alvin in. Nine. Okay. Yeah. There's your back There's four. A story goalie. Player, really, yeah. Great. Great back four goalkeeper. But right. Okay. Midfield. Who's your first one of the three? They're playing four three three. Well, this was the. This is why I've gone four three three because okay. this was so difficult. Um, <laughs> I mean, going back to when I first started going, you know, I had Boise in there. Um, great player, Martin. Um, not you know, just beyond that, um, Graham Padden, God rest him. What a player yeah. Graham Padden was, yeah. you know, um, fantastic player. But so, starting on the left hand side, um, because he really would kill me if I didn't put him in, uh, his dev, yeah. Uh, and, that, and I'm not saying that for any reason other than that, but it, well, I mean, I think everyone would go for dev anyway. He's he's probably yeah. one of them. Someone said to me, um, <clears throat> when was it's one of the last few games we had at um, Upton Park. And I said, well, when's the last time a player really got you to stand up and he was really excited watching? I said, Alan Devonshire. Mm. Really? I said, oh, yeah. I said, oh, Alan Devonshire. Yeah. He was just just brilliant, brilliant player. Um, and a really nice guy as well, you know. Even though he's, I think he's a year younger than me. But I think we share the same birthday as well, but it's about all we share. <laughs> but no, yeah. Alan Devonshire, great player. Great, great player. Phenomenal and who, player. Say, who says that you can't pick up... Someone was saying about that Ivan Tony coming to Yeah. Him. He's come from non league. I said, Well, in Devonshire, weren't too bad, was he? You know, For Mikhail five grand. Mikel Antonio ain't bad. All non league. Yeah. They're all yeah. there, these players. They are. You know? But I mean, you're not going to get anything for five grand nowadays, like they with Dev. No, no chance. But no, so Alan Dev. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, you barely get a second hand Fiesta for five grand now, don't you? Where they got <laughs> Alan Devonshire. So, uh, right, I'll put Dev in. Okay, who's the next one of that three then? Right, so I'm going to put him in the middle. I know, yeah, 
I will put him in because it's hard the two of them. Um, class lasts forever, doesn't it? So they can play anywhere. So I would have Martin Peters in there. Um, oh, again, as a youngster, um, watching Martin. I mean, we was lucky we had the Holy Trinity, didn't we? So, yeah, he did, yeah. <clears throat> but he, what a player Martin was. He, you know, he, I know Brian speaks so highly of him as a person. And as a, it was tragic what happened at the end. But I was fortunate enough to meet Martin a few times. And uh, a lovely, lovely man as well. Really nice gentleman. And he always looked immaculate. Always had a smart tie shirt and all that lovely lovely fella but what a player you know mm. what a good player and someone as a kid that i can remember sort of seeing him play and think oh yeah how did he do that and you know and he sort of did all go over the park sunday morning and you still wouldn't know how he done <laughs> 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 but yeah so martin peters phenomenal player Absolutely phenomenal player, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, as you said, yeah, the, the Holy Trinity, you saw them all together, oh, you know, and yeah. they were very fortunate to do that. So, okay, so we'll put Dev, we've got this is a great midfield, Dev, Peters. I could, who's next? I reckon I could guess the next one, but who's the next one? Well, I was very fortunate a couple of years ago, I went to Helsinki with him, um, because the yeah. Finnish Hammers wanted to see him. Um, uh, so I couldn't believe me luck when he said yes, and um, it's Sir Trevor. Uh, so Trevor Brookie, um, <clears throat> crikey! I mean, how long we got? I mean, what can you say about Trevor? I mean, obviously, the obvious thing would be to speak about would be 1980. Yeah. You know, the um, I mean, the way John must have drilled those players to set that up off the training ground like that to get that header, like and get the ball in. There, you know, no, I'm only joking. But <laughs> what? I didn't care. It was just, I suppose, really. He was just one of those players, wasn't he, Trevor? He just, again, I go back to the on track Frankfurt game. If you look at his mm. goal, he was just so unique at just not touching the ball, really. Yeah. Just let the ball roll That's across like, him. Every, yeah. Everyone says that about him when they talk about Trevor. It's his first touch wasn't a touch. It was just his, the way he let the ball run with him. He just did. He, it was just, it was just, a, it's just a gift, isn't it? Brian mm. Deere once said, he said, you know, he said, you can't give anyone. Um, a skill or a talent he said that's ball into you he said yeah. and it's very true and Trevor's like that again what a what a fantastic person he is he does our veterans league uh, golf days he comes down for things like that and uh, he's always the first to help out a friend of mine um, whose father was dying unfortunately but Trevor was his hero um, he wanted to meet him so again phoned Trevor up and we ended up going out to lunch with with uh, James's dad, and um, it was lovely to see, and he was just there for him, and it wasn't kind. There was no rush, you know. I've got to go now, and he said, "Whatever you want, what do you want me to do?" And we ended up staying there all, you know, all afternoon. It was. Wow. A, he's just a genuinely nice guy, um, very humble, but uh, what a player! And obviously, mm -hmm. when he talks about Bill, you know, he said, you know, see, how many times did he have you heard the story? Turn around to Bill and say, he's giving me a bit of a kick in here bill you know um, <laughs> and bill had sorted it out you know that's yeah. <laughs> but, that's uh, what they worked that's what they worked the pair wasn't it because he, yeah. he did he, he helped it he was his minder and uh yeah. and it worked and yeah. so you know it ain't, ain't fixed it ain't broken don't fix it you know if it works it works so uh what a player what yeah. a good player absolute privilege to have seen the man play that's all i can say not more i pull all of them so far yeah, exactly exactly right okay we'll put sir trev in so there's your three in the midfield right we've got three up front who's your first one? Oh, do you know what russ this has been the hardest 
hardest thing to do. Right. Um, Jonathan Caleri, Zaza, and me do. Done. Right. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> oh, sorry, mate. I didn't realise I'd already sent it over. God, you've left burgers out. Hold <laughs> on the bench. Go <laughs> Um, well, I mean, again, going back to a youngster again, Johnny Sissons used to be a really exciting player to watch, mm. watching John Budgie, Budgie Byrne, um, someone else that, it's not, it sounds like you're name dropping, but it's just for all the shows, you meet people, of course, yeah, people you don't do. you, and you get on, and a, and a lovely man at the phones from time to time, David Cross, he's one of the most, oh, I love, oh, I love, I love Crossley, oh, I love him, we have, we have a right good banter, he texts yeah. me, he gives yeah. some good banter as well, and he's, yeah, he is yeah. good, but he's, he's just a genuinely nice man. I re- yeah. a lot of time and a lot of respect for uh, Crossley. Um, Paul Goddard, another one. You know, it's 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 endless. So I've got to go with my first one. Um, Pop Robson. Oh, nice. nice. I'll go with Pop. Um, <clears throat> he was just one of those players that um, just exciting to watch. Um, Felt sorry for him because he left twice, didn't he? And we won some at the yeah, Every time he left, didn't he? <laughs> left him. But uh, no, he's an exciting player to watch, Pop. Um, yeah. And I think because we all like singing the song as well, the Pop Pop Robson song. But no, seriously, it's he um, it, it was just a good player. It was just a. Yeah. a he was. He weren't the biggest. Uh, he probably weren't the quickest, but he was as strong as anything. He could hold players off, and uh, he scored. Or some great goals. So yeah, Pop Robson. And, yeah. and also, I think I think what was interesting with him is um, with, with Pop is um, when we interviewed TC and Crossy. Actually, they both basically said that Pop was their idol. Um, he was that you know they loved Pop Robson. What when they used to when, he, when they were young and or, well, I mean Crossy ended up playing when he played with him, you know, and stuff like that. So it's not just Pop the player, but obviously the the effect he had on. As you always mentioned, David Cross, TC, players yeah. like that as well. And, um, yeah, um, I've, I'm, I'm friends with a couple of Sunderland fans who obviously, you know, he's a daughter up there and stuff as well. And, uh, yeah, a great, great man. Great man. Hope, uh, look forward to talking to him soon, hopefully. Yeah, lovely fella. Really nice fella. And, uh, yeah. um, right, who's next? Well, right, centre forward again, uh, Brian Erste, Jeff Erste. Yeah. I suppose you have to, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got. I mean, you've got the whole, you got the holy trinity in there now, haven't you? So there we go. Well, yeah, but I wouldn't. I'm not. I wouldn't pick it on that. Oh, no, no, no. I, I really, I'm. You know, so you're sort of picking it on merit. Um, I mean, I was just behind the goal uh, to the right end of the goal on the north bank um, when we had that famous penalty. And listen, as a as a youngster, Gordon Banks. All right, he was playing for Stoke at the time, but he was still the for me he was the England goalkeeper, the best oh, yeah. goalkeeper ever. Um, but I hated him that bloody night when he saved the penalty. <laughs> I couldn't believe my eyes; it was literally right in front of us. And I go, Jesus Christ, I could not believe it. But um, <coughs> Jeff Hurst was just—it was the beginning of the near post era when he's you know he's. Uh, Bobby Moore, I mean, the ball was like a magnet, wasn't it? When Moore got it and look at the World Cup goals over and over again. Course, but yeah. Jeff was just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. What a player. What a presence as well. Um, so, yeah, Jeff Hurst. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I once had a wee next to Jeff Hurst once. There we go. Yeah, yeah, it was me in between Sir Jeff Hurst and Sir Clive Woodward. 
course, not a fair chance. Rose in between two thorns. Um, <laughs> right, okay, so that's my claim to flame. So, so Jeff, and we've got one more spot. Well, funny enough, you've already mentioned him because I used I could see an awful lot of Pop Robson in this particular oh. player, particular striker. Um, and again, like I've said, there's Crossy I could put in there, um, but just for the amount of goals the guy scored. Um, and yeah, he's a close friend, <laughs> but that shouldn't, and it's not come into it. I can assure you, I know I'm going to get slaughtered for saying that, but it's not <laughs> come into it at all. It, it's it's see, um, the fox in the box. Um, it just, I mean, yeah, all right, the Tottenham, the first one. I mean, you're going to get legendary status for that alone, aren't you? Scoring against them, but um, I just thought he was a great, great striker, yeah, he was. great finisher. I can see Gailey going. No, but he was, no, he was, yeah, TC, because I say, I could see a lot of pop rocks in him, you could, but yeah. in, in and around the box, he was, he was, he was lethal. It's, so, like uh, a lost, it's like a lost art now, I think, that position, that sort of fox in the box now, you know, you don't get out and out strikers anymore now, you know, you mentioned like Vardy and, and Tony, I mean, Tony's not really a striker, but, you know, you, you don't, they're more like forwards, you know, who, who link up play rather than people who are just sort of like, just... The, the goal getters, not the goal hangers, but you know what I mean? Sort of staying in that six yard box. You don't get them anymore now. It's, it's a lost art, I think. That sort of probably true... the last, probably the last one, Russ, that was close to that was probably Defoe. Defoe, yeah. I mean, I always, I always thought Hernandez, I thought, I thought Chicharito was going to be the, the, but he didn't obviously last that long. But obviously, at Man United, he was sort of like that. But you're right, Defoe, and obviously, Defoe's still banging them in, despite the fact he's 38, 39. He's still, you know, he's still won, won the league with, with, uh, with Rangers this season. So, you know, there's still yeah. place for that position, but it just yeah. seems like it's a lost art now, which is a shame because there's something about having a guy who can, who, you know, who literally stays within the six yard box. But he's there. He just has an instinct. I mean, that's always one of the criticisms of Antonio is you know, he hasn't got that striker's instinct that you can't teach. And um, and yeah, someone like TC. I mean, we hit we've hit the par twenty three times this season. Um, and you know, you think half of those were, were banged in by a fox in the box. Mm. We'd be Champions League having a laugh, wouldn't we? Really? Yeah. Um, well, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it could even will be. You know, it could even easily. But. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things. It's one of those things that sort of like, but it's the same as with wingers. I think now, again, that's a lost start. You know, you know, sort of put the, the last, you know, wingers are always on. You mentioned like Dev, you know, obviously when Dev used to fly down the wing, you know, but now it's almost like you have wingers who, who play on the off the wrong foot. So they cut inside. And, yeah. you know, I remember like got people like Stan Lazaridis and, and Matty Effrington and Matthew Rush, and they would literally go down their, the right side for their feet. Yeah. And then get to the byline, cross it in, and if you've got a big man there, yeah. uh, well, Trevor Morley or something. Did you yes. say Stuart Slates? Stuart Slates, yeah, yes, Slates, Slates, exactly, same thing. Yeah. I mean, again, look at the goal against Everton that night. I mean, uh, that, yeah. that's the thing. Even though the guys, like you said, don't get into the all-time eleven. Yeah. But most of those guys, you know, Crossy four goals away at Tottenham. You know, uh, Gailey the free kicks with Liverpool and Coventry and all that. Dixie the penalty against Man United. Um, you know, Johnny Sears where I could go on Budgie. All those players, Ray Stewart, the penalties, the goalkeepers. They might not have been in made my my particular eleven, but they've all provided me with some fantastic memories. Um, of course, just. Just pulling on that claret and blue shirt, you know. And, um, well, that's the thing. I, I mean, even, <clears throat> even when we interview people who have played 
who have played like you know I don't know um, like a lot of the youth team players who maybe have made one appearance or you know people like I don't know Adam Newton or Lee Odges or people like you know it's all the, in the early ninety late nineties two thousands you know they might have pulled the shirt on once but we'd give our whole life to have done that once isn't it so it's like as you said it doesn't matter if they played one game or seven hundred and ninety nine cross that line just once just exactly. for twenty minutes would have just made it wouldn't it you know it's a dream I mean I mean Jordan Hugel never got to do that Jordan Hugel never got to you know walk out to the bubbles like he wanted to when he first signed from. <laughs> Last from Preston North End, but we'd all love to have done that just once. And just uh, once. yeah, yeah, it's 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 amazing. That's why I love talking to you know they, we, they've done stuff we wanted to do. We've, we've got the other memories, haven't we? We've got the the camaraderie amongst all your mates going down. So yeah, well we've got, we've got, we've got, this, we've got the great sort of that's what I love about West Ham because there's so much debate about West Ham because we have these sliding doors moments. What if? What if? You know what if? What if Hayden Mullins hadn't got sent off at the FA Cup final, you know, the game before the FA Cup final? What if uh, Pyatt hadn't got injured this season? What if Declan Rice hadn't got injured, you know? Because you haven't won anything. We've got these what-if debates, and that's what I love about West Ham fans. What, if, what if Scolari hadn't put it into Rose Ed? Exactly. In what if Fabianski hadn't got injured and and, yeah. and, uh, and, and what's-his-face and uh, Roberto had came on and, you know, Pellegrini, yeah. what would have, where would we be now? You know what I mean? What if they'd have just kept Davy Moyes rather than pointed Pellegrini? We'd be yeah. 18 months on further to the programme than we are now. But anyway. anyway I've been anyway. asked one question. People say to me, have I got any regrets? You can't have any regrets about results because one, as a supporter, you can't change that. That's down True. to the left out of the pitch. So I've never had any regrets. I've been pissed off at times. You think, oh, like you said, have, yeah. why haven't we done it? But that's all part of being a football supporter. Yep. But my only, I suppose it is a regret. Um, was that the right word? I don't know. Was, you know, what I was going to say was leaving leaving my beloved Upton Park. Yeah, because, no, I understand. Um, it's where you started going. You got yep. the memories of your granddad and your dad and all the rest of it and all the, all the wonderful nights, the Iron Track night and all that. And I understand that it all has to progress and all that. But I only wish that we'd gone to a, a proper football ground. I think we will. I think it's. I think it's. I, I think, think it's going to take can't. time. I think it's going to take time. I think you know, with all these things. I mean, we, as you said, we were at we were at some part for near on a hundred years, um, and so, you know, I'm always. It wasn't you know when it was a bit rainy and uh, the district line was down, and uh, it wasn't the most accessible place to get to. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. That long trudge when you get to up some park yeah. and as it's closed, you had to trudge all the way back to Barking. You know, people forget about things like that. And I, and and you're right. It's, it's it's. I think it's more about the spiritual home of it being there. I um, think it's the habit. The habit as well. I mean, yeah, it's a habit. Because when I went across to the London Stadium when we started over there, unfortunately my wife's disabled, so we we ended up in really, really good seats. You know, right mm. right behind the goal um, yep. at the um, Brooklyn end. You couldn't have asked for a better view. But the problem is, my mates were at the other end over there, down of course, in, yeah, yeah. And when we got there, because we had the car parking space, um, yep. she didn't see anyone. There was nowhere to go, and that that was the culture shock for me. All it, of a sudden, if, yeah. I've been yeah. lifted out the East End Working Man's Club or going up yes. the old Prince. No, I get that. Duke totally. of Edinburgh when that was there. And it was mm. all the, I don't know if you remember the Prince of Wales around the corner that got yeah. knocked down. Do you remember? That used to be our post match watering on it. We had some great nights in there. And that's all lost. It is, yeah. But I do get it. I do get it now with the 10 and 11 year olds or the 8 year old 
Tony Hoskins that are going to the stadium now. Yeah. That's their memories now, isn't it? It is. It's, it is. And, and it's horrible so to... It's got to evolve. It is, and it's horrible to think of that. It's true. That, you know, the, the move isn't necessarily for for you. It is for, no, Flor- no, no, it's for no, Florence. Yeah. It's yeah. your Florence and yeah. my Florence. And, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it will be. And, no, I'll, um, get that. I'll get that. And I, and I know it has been hard, but I think also, I think the fact is, if we'd moved and we had the team and the season we've had now, it wouldn't have been so much of a heartache. Do you know what no, I mean? No. That's that's the way I see it. The fact is, this, this is our first season. Hopefully, season. Right? Yeah, yeah that's what I think. Come, you know, I, I think they're, they're full house and European nights, and I really hope, really, really exactly. hope they pack it out and get off onto us a good start. Um, exactly. Obviously, we need to increase squad numbers. Yeah. I mean, not and not necessarily quantity, but quality as well. That's the difficult thing there. Every, yeah. every Premier Manager would want Sochek, wouldn't they? That is course, exactly yeah. the type of player that people want there. Box to box, strong scores, goals, and all that. And, and and also, I mean, the fact is, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, and you know, we're in a, a, a somewhat of a position now where we can go and buy, you know. A reasonably priced striker we can but i don't but the part of me doesn't want to do that part of me wants to go out and buy another suchek or mm, another right. yeah. Oh, yeah. because we as we as fans love to see guys coming in and you know like you know we mentioned like craig dawson and people like that you know these guys we can give a hope you know we're like craig dawson what the you know, so foul. We, we we bathed because he was like five million quid. Like, what can you yeah. get for five million quid nowadays? We love yeah. being proved wrong, and we have yeah. been proved wrong. And that's why I'd like to see you know that the the investment to to get some to get a few players in who can progress. And I think nowadays we you know you can go and buy, you can go to the championship, you can buy your Jared Bowen, you can buy you know there's a couple of guys from Reading, you could buy them. Bring them into the team. If they don't, if they perform great, we can. We've got a, you know, now Sue Fowl, we've got a 50, 60, 70 million pound player. No mm. problem. Um, if they don't, well, you can sell them and still make a profit on them. And that's again something which we've done. Rather than go out and buy or get, you know, a, you know, a journeyman in who's going to cost you money and, and yeah. you're know, not going to get a return on investment. We've you know, been there about, about so many times. We've done it. We've done it. So, you know, we did it. And, you know, arguably, probably the, the last time we did it properly was probably that Redknapp era because we had Ruddock and Ian Wright and, you know, literally it was an old boys club, but it was the right mix. So um, it's going to be that's exciting it. this summer. It's like you say, as long as they come in and try, that's all I ever ask. Exactly. If they come in, put the shirt on and understand it straight away, they'll get totally. it. Totally. Get out there and sort of give it their best. Um, yeah, I love love to see that. I do love to see that. And uh, remember Peter Butler. Oh, p- did you, uh, my favourite player of all time. B come from like lower league, but my Christ, didn't he, didn't he put in a shift for for West Ham? You know, and some great players like that down the years. Really good players. And that's what we want is those type of players. That's that's what I love about it. That's what I love about it. But, but um, there's a, there's the squad tone. There's the squad looking good, mate. That don't look too shabby, does it? Don't look too shabby. Champions League and having a laugh. <laughs> anyway cool. Tony thank you very very much for your time man an hour and 20 has literally flown by flown by love listening to all the stories thank you so much and obviously thanks everyone for watching if you you know hope well, well done getting to the end congratulations um, if you uh, if you uh, give it a like give it a share give it a subscribe all that good stuff and for myself and for Tony take care everyone stay safe wash those hands um, get those jabs when you get your appointments uh, come on, you irons, and I'll yeah. see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Dixie, I still want that beer. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah.
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.